I've got a question for you. Are you an I can or an I can't person? You know, for me, I'm glad you can. For me, the answer is that depends. For some things I think about, I can do this. There are other times I think, I can't do this. Patty and I love to go to Iowa basketball games. That's pretty easy here on our campus because we have a couple of nationally regarded teams. Both the men and the women's teams went to national championships. And, and it's fun to be in Lucky and watch the games unfold. But every once in a while, I'll be sitting there in Lucky, and something will happen. And I'll lean over to Patty and I'll say, I can't do that. Typically, it's when something like this happens. The break. Mangus leaves it. Bam! My turn. Boom. On the court, off the court. Oh, my goodness. Where did Isaiah Payton come from? Boy, he got on his pogo stick and got up. My goodness. Seth Maxwell, this freshman, off the end. Kyle Mangus! Wow, going high altitude. Just kept his hand straight up. Up here's Mangus. The lob! Oh, wow. That'll make the highlight real. Somebody yeah. needs a Sinet in the sports center. That'd make a top now, This may surprise you, but I can't do that. I'm 5'9", and at my stage of life, I have the vertical leap of a tortoise. There was a day I had some hops, but my hops are all the way, are, they're, they're, they're long past, so I, I can't do that. But I will tell you, that's not the only thing I say I can't do. Sometimes something like this happens. Yeah. Ashley McMillan from the cheer team, I can't do that either. Now, I actually thought about having Oscar and some of the buddies from the cheer team come and physically flip me over a couple of times, but I worried that I'd break a mic or break a hip or something, and uh, I didn't do it because when it comes to that kind of stuff, I just can't. But here's the question, when it comes to vibrant spirituality in your life, when it comes to spiritual passion, when it comes to spiritual success, are you an I can or an I can't person? See, see, some of us has, have physical limits. We just do. I mean, I was never good at gymnastics. It's the one class, one part of gym class that I failed at, that I didn't succeed at. I could do a round off and I could do a cartwheel, but I, I could never do that run forward and throw myself down so my head is facing the ground and flip my legs over. I never could figure that out. But there was a time in my life that I didn't, couldn't figure out faith either. It's a time in my life where I thought I was an I can't person. You've heard my story enough to know that, to know that I struggled to get it and I couldn't figure out why other people got it and I was kind of jealous that they did. And then it's kind of a defense mechanism. I decided that not only couldn't I do it, but I didn't really care if I did it or not. And so I just kind of wandered away into an, a space of self-defense to say it doesn't matter how I live because I just can't get there. It's a common reaction to messages about spiritual passion when you don't think you can get it. But then one day, I began to get it. Something clicked in me. And I, began, and I didn't come out full-blown passionate. I wasn't full-grown spiritually. It never happens that way. 
eventually I got it, and then I began to get, to get, a little, get it a little bit more, and then I got it a little bit more, and I got it a little bit more. And in the process, you need to understand that at my stage of life, I'm still getting it. Because what I told you last month, I'll tell you again today, wherever you are with God, there's more for you. If you're a brand, a brand new Christian, there's more for you. If you're not yet a Christ follower, there's more for you. If you've been on the journey for a long time, there's more for you. If you're at my stage of life, where I'm still breathing, but have fewer breaths than you left, there's still more for me. Last month I preached about uh, complacency. You remember that? And I asked you to pray, Lord, make me sick of mediocrity. I ask you to pray, I'm ready for more. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And some of you began to pray that, and you felt something come alive in your life this month. And so when I ask, are you an I can or an I can't person spiritually, you'll take a firm spot and say, I can be what God wants me to be. I can do this by the power of God. I can. Some of you are convinced that you couldn't. Some of you are convinced that spirituality just wasn't something for you necessarily. And you're over here and you just say, well, I can't. That's not me. That's not how I'm wired. I'm stuck here. And it affects even what you're willing to dream about. You've settled for less. But I will tell you, if you're here in this spot that feels stuck, where you say, I can't, I can't be that vital spiritual person, wherever you are with God, there's more for you. That's not just motivational thinking. It's based solidly in Scripture. Listen to an I can Scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We tend to think I can't or I wish I could or if only or that guy has it better than I do or he's more naturally wired for spiritually, spiritual things. But the Apostle Peter says His divine power. Whose power? His power. Who's He? God's power, by God's power, what's he given us? Everything we need for living a godly life. That word translated godly life really suggests the idea of practical religion. It's faith that works in real life. And he's already provided us with the capacity because of God's power. The I can't that we say over here really becomes I can, where we say... I can because of him. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous excellence and glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God has called us to relationship with himself. It's through his excellence and through his greatness that relationship becomes a reality. And as we come to him, as we respond to him, something amazing happens. Somehow, we begin to become like him. Peter says, and I don't fully understand this, Peter says that we start to share his divine nature, that we share his nature as we become people who share in that nature, we become people who can. So I don't know whether when you think of spirituality, you think I can or I can't. 
But let me tell you how it works. This, this I can, this position right here where you say, I can be what God wants me to be, that's where God wants us to be today and go further. Many of us are back here where we say, I can't, and we think, how do I make the transition from I can't to I can? Well, Peter gave us a clue when he talked about relationship with God. I think there's something that happens in between, and I'm going to call it the I am. Not I'm God, but I'm made in God's image. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I am a new creation in God. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus that we are God's masterpiece. I am his masterpiece if I have received him as a savior, as my savior, and, he's, and I'm responsive in my life. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter 3 says that we are beloved children of God, that he's lavished his love on us. I can because I am. Because I am someone in Christ, I can make the decisions to honor Christ because of who I am. The only reason I can is because I am. I'm in relationship with the one who calls me to himself. So here's another question. If you've received Jesus as Savior, if you've said you're going to follow him, if Scripture is true, and I say whether or not I, I always understand every part of Scripture or not, it is true. Why am I not living it better? If the Bible says I can, why do we often live as if the Bible is wrong? about us. Consider those times that you've decided you're going to get in shape. Now, I'm, I'm aware that round is a shape. But let's start thinking about those times you're going to get physically fit. And so, How many of you, this is a rhetorical question, I guess, because uh, I, I know it's true of me. That when I decide I'm going to start a new exercise routine, regime, you know, I'm a regimen, I'm going to go after it, I'm going to get in shape, I know that it begins with buying new shoes. Got to get some new gear. I remember one time I was going to start running again, and I went out and, and I bought moisture wicking, wind resistant, you know, run through the air, sleek kind of gear cost me a lot of money because I just knew that that's what I needed to get in shape. You know what I've discovered? You can buy all that stuff. You can get the gear. You can get the outfit. Ladies get outfits. Guys don't get outfits. We get gear. <laughs> and what's true is that buying that stuff doesn't get you in shape. Using it does. And what's true, for most of us at least, is the gear we've got is the gear that's good enough to get in shape if we just use that as well. And we have this tendency to think, if only something were different, then I would be different. But what's true spiritually is that what you've got through, your power, through the power of Jesus Christ is enough. But you've got to go somewhere from I can to one more step. God's divine power has given us everything we need, so I can. But the question is, over here, will I take the next step to say, I will?
I will live obediently. I will do what he wants me to do. Peter writes it this way in verse 5. In view of all this, in view of all that Christ has done for us, in view of the power that he's unleashed in, his li- in our lives, in view of the redemptive nature of his work in our lives, in view of the fact that we are becoming like him, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a general, generous provision of moral excellence and Supplement moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brother affection, brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. It's not just I can in theory. It's today I choose to obey. When I'm presented, let, let's break it down a little bit. You know, he talked about adding to this relationship with Christ a generous proportion of moral excellence. When presented with a choice, do I choose moral excellence or do I choose to compromise? I'm not just talking big picture, that in general I do this, but in the specific areas of your life, one moment at a time, will you say, I will. In this moment, I will be obedient. In this moment, I will do what he wants me to do. Will I, at any given moment, choose what's morally excellent? If I have a choice between right and wrong, will I choose right? If I have a choice in how, what kind of language I use, will I use language that's morally excellent or will I mess around with language just to be cool? Will I make a moral choice to be morally excellent in the things I watch on my computer? Will I, will I place my life wherever there's a right or wrong decision on the right side to say, I will choose this today? Peter's list leads to a bunch of practical questions. Will I make every effort to know God's word? He says to add to your faith moral excellence into that knowledge will i choose to endure to do what god wants not just today but tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day one moment at a time where i just say i will choose this will i live my life in reverent wonder that god loves me and has devoted himself to me will i apply my faith in how i act and react to others even when I'm tired, even when they're irritating, will I be gracious? Will I go out of my way to include others in? Will I show the love of Christ to those who sometimes are tough to love? Because there's somebody who looks at me and says, that guy's tough to love sometimes. This may not be how you're naturally wired. But Peter begins this section with the words, make every effort it's not supposed to be easy it's supposed to be simple so what's the difference between simple and easy well simple is simple it's is, is there a right decision or there is a wrong, or is there a wrong decision and if it's the right decision the choice is simple i'll do the right thing but that's not always easy sometimes it's hard sometimes temptation is powerful sometimes your habits are strong But the power of God is at work in your life. He's at work in my life. And I can because I am. Because he's done something special in my life. And so the question is, will I? Can I show you one more video? Let me set it up. Um, It's the men's basketball NAIA round of 16 in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
Indiana Wesleyan was playing Dakota Wesleyan, and there's not a sister school in our denomination. They're a different brand of Wesleyan, I guess. But uh, they were really good, and we were really good. And we were playing one of our better games in the first half. We raced out to a big lead, and it looked like it was over. And then they just kept clawing back and clawing back and clawing back. And Indiana, I Woo led the game the entire way until the last minute. And in the last minute, Dakota Wesleyan scored to go ahead. And with 7.4 seconds left, this is what happened. Amadou gets it. Here we go. Mangus down the lane, pushes off for the win. Kyle Mangus delivers the three with two seconds to go. I tell you what, the Bray household was watching that. We had it on a computer and plugged in through our TV, and there was tension in the house as the other team got closer and closer and then went ahead, and Patty's having a fit, going, oh, no, 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 no. There were cheers, too, when Kyle made that shot. We watch games like that and assume that Kyle can make those shots because he has a special talent. Well, one of his talents is hard work. Listen to what he said as he described the play. He was riding me pretty hard on my side so I knew I could get leverage off him if I do a step back. I've worked on that shot thousands of times, so I was ready for it. Did you get that last line? I've worked on that shot thousands of times. I've dreamed of that shot. Every little kid who plays basketball dreams of shots, making shots like that where you go, I made the shot to win the game. Kyle's worked at it thousands of times. In early morning practices and late evening shooting sessions, he's worked at it and he's worked at it and he's worked at it and he's worked at it. So in that moment, it was just a natural extension of who he, he had become as a basketball player. I've practiced, I'm ready, I'm ready for it, I'll do it. I've never worked that hard at basketball. I was never nearly that good at basketball. I don't know if I could have been or not because I never tried that hard. I never put in the time. I never put in the effort. It's easy for us in the faith life to get to a point where we say, I can't. Because we've been unwilling to put in the work at this I will section to say I'm going to do what God wants me to do. See, if we haven't accepted the reality of combining I can with I will, we'll always be stuck in the I can't realm. Here's the reality of this, that I've discovered in my life. Sometimes saying I can't is more comfortable than admitting what the real issue is. And that is there's a spot worse than I can't. It's I won't. If I can, and I'm choosing not to, it's because I've made the I won't decision. And I find myself asking, what if I worked it hard on my faith life? As Kyle Mangus works at basketball. What have I been able to say? I've practiced 
that yes, yes statement to God thousands of times. So when the temptation comes, I was ready for it. What if I said yes to obedience when others were being lazy? What if I said yes to obedience when others were choosing compromise? What if I said yes again and again and again? I can because of his power. The question is, will I? Peter goes on to write this. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those who God has called and chosen. Do these things, and you'll never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into his eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The band's going to lead us in a closing song. I want to talk about what we'll be singing. The bridge of the song says, Holiness has a name, and it's Jesus. Victory has a name, and it's Jesus. The Word has a name, and it's Jesus. Redemption has a name, and it's Jesus. Our can, our can, I can do this, is firmly centered in the reality that Jesus is alive in us and enabling us and empowering us to be what he called us to be. He didn't just say, do it and then leave us on our own. I can because of him. The song then ends by repeating again and again and again the word amen, 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 amen. Do you know what amen means? It means let it be, let it be so, let it happen. Yes, Lord, that's what it means. And as you sing along today, I want to challenge you to make that amen a prayer. Wherever you are on this continuum from I won't to I will, may you move forward because you say I can, I can, and I will by the power of Jesus Christ live a life that honors him and allows me to experience the very best that he has to offer me. So when the moment comes, and the temptation is strong, and the decision needs to be made, the force will be strong in you of the power of God. And I can becomes I will. Because you've said, Amen. Let it be. Let's sing together.